Welcome to Alphabet Fly, Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through a Fisher handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guest, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is someone who probably wouldn't be around in the, 18, in the 1800s around Victorians, Rob. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for the last third of the podcast, I'll be replaced by Maria Bello. So, today we're talking about a very spooky person, the living mummy. Ooh, that's the spookiest kind of mummy. Yeah, the, the the mummy that the Victorians don't snort and eat because that's the thing they did. Well, they, they'd have trouble with this one because he's alive. Yeah, ooh. How would you describe the living mummy? All right, well, he is a mummy, and he is alive. Yes, and I think that's about all they have in this entry as well. I mean, this is but, this is right when you know the, the code was loosening on horror comics, and so they were doing every monster they could think of. There's a Frankenstein book, Dracula book, werewolf, uh, mummy, man-thing, son of Satan, Satana, Morbius, man-wolf, ghost rider. Man, there's a lot of... I would I would uh, advise anyone who can, just read the Dracula comics, the Tomb of Dracula comics. They're, they're really weird. I mean, it's, it's the best one. Yeah, it's the best one. Like... Only in the Tomb of Dracula can you get a cyborg robot stealing a vampire's powers because he wants because he needs blood. Doctor Sun to make his brain. Yeah, it's real good. Like it's just real weird. Like he fights he, he fights people with missiles. Like it's it's weird. Um, but we are talking about the living mummy, and uh, if you want to see what this mummy looks like. Uh, look at any description of a mummy in popular media. Or you can also go to at Alphabet Flight on Twitter and Instagram. But it very much just looks like a mummy that's alive in most, you know, like, I don't know, you can watch a canon film with a, with a mummy. In or a uh, hammer. Or, or, you know, or hammer. 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 If you watch yeah, a can movie, canon. you're probably going to see, uh, if they had done a mummy <clears throat> movie, it would have been a mummy fighting a ninja. Yeah, which would be fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it, around this time in the seventies, Marvel was publishing a comic with anybody who met Abbott and Costello. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so uh, its real name or his real name his real. is Nakatu. Nakatu. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Oh uh, yeah, Nakan- Nakatu. I'd say Nakatu. Yeah, Nakatu. Um, its occupation. I'm gonna say they have no occupation, but it's ex warrior, ex king, ex slave, now ex- now wanderer. Which is normally they just put adventurer there, so you're not just. I mean, he's really homeless. not. He, he doesn't have a lot of adventures that he wants to have. He's just he'd rather not be alive. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, legal status, well, identity is unknown. Mm-hmm. Just no one. It's just like, look, there's a mummy. Woo! Yeah, that's that's what people know know them as. And the legal status. This is very not good to have as a legal status. Non-entity, like you know. He's living. Well, I mean, it's, know, not like he has a, a it's not like he has a social insurance number. You know, you can still treat him like a person. He's a living person. You know, there's plenty of like undead people in the Marvel universe. Well, yes, but he's a he's a person who's like 
he's obviously not in the system because he's been dead for thousands of years. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you could, you know, do something. Like aliens appear on Earth that live here. Well, I mean, even those Illinois. aliens have like some legal status on their homeworld. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just wanting to you know just give this dude a little bit of you know a little bit of a break. <laughs> um, <clears throat> his existence is unknown to the general public. Um, no other aliases. It was born in the nation of Swalis, Swarla, Swarilis. Uh, I'd say Swarilis, Swarilis in northern Africa. Um, well, this is. I don't think you need to put this in. Marital status widowed. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess, Bride of the Living Mummy could have came around as well. Um, and then known relatives to Chambi, uh, brother, um, father deceased, and Balima, wife deceased, uh, and first showed up in Supernatural Thrillers issue number five in August nineteen seventy three, Revenge of the Monster, <clears throat> which uh, the cover oh, this, is interesting. This cover rules. Yeah, it's very good. I like this cover. I would pick this up the, off the spinner rack for sure. So this has almost all of my favorite tropes of like the seventies uh, Marvel com- uh, comic covers. So, um, so you have a lot of cover copy, which I'm a fan of. So you have he waited three thousand years to wreak the revenge of the monster, and you have the living mummy hitting a pillar. Yeah, block, and of course yeah. he's carrying a lady. Yeah, a lady. Um. Like uh, how John Arbuckle, uh, John Arbuckle carries Garfield just under his arm, um, and it says he walks. He well, he lives. He walks, and bullets can't stop him. One of the greatest fear fests of all time. And in the background, you just have a cop trying to shoot him, and then another cop scared, and a dude in a very seventy shirt, just a, just like a polo with a not a polo. What would you call that shirt? It's a collared shirt. With big lapels and a very deep V. Yes. And bright red pants. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know where they're at. It seems like all white people, but like you would imagine it'd be Northern Africa, yeah. right? Well, I can't remember if he ended up in... I don't know if they're in... Um, yeah, I think they're in Egypt, so those are just a bunch of yeah. white-looking Egypt, Egyptian people. Yeah. Um, and also, my other favorite part, uh, they have the little moon logo for the character thing, mm-hmm. but... The fun thing about it is they have a little wolf with like little clouds in front of it. It doesn't look like a tiny. It doesn't. They don't have a tiny uh, living mummy just like kind of flying out from the moon. I think that was like the That's thing like- because they had a different feature in every issue of supernatural thrillers. So like the next issue has like the headless horseman. Ooh, that would be a fun thing to come back. A headless horseman. Yeah, well, yeah. It was the headless horse. You know, we're one story away from having the headless horseman. As a thing. Oh, I like that cover too. The Headless Horseman. You can easily tie that into a Ghost Rider oh, thing. Oh, sure. I. Ooh. They actually did tie the Headless Horseman into the, into the Ghost Rider. Oh. Hmm. How did that go? It was in the Ravencroft uh, miniseries they had uh, a year or so ago. Oh, I did not keep up with that okay, one. Okay, yeah. So. And they, I mean, they, they're just going sort of through all the, you know, frightening events that happened in like upstate New York over the decades. And one of the things that happened was that there was a headless horseman who was a ghost rider. Oh yeah. That's really good. Mm. That's, that's a really good one. Cause this headless horseman is, is just, is a cloak with a fiery head mm-hmm. and, and a skelly. 
Yes. Um, uh, okay. So, um, so yeah. So 3,000 years ago, Nakatu, chieftain of the Swahili tribe of Northern Africa, was taken captive by his people by a band of Egypt, Egyptian slavers. Prized for their great strength, the Swahili, no, no, the Swarlis, Swarlis, uh, were bound in chains and forced to, into hard labor, building a stone temple. Working by day, Nakatu plotted rebellion against the reigning pharaoh, Aron Set. By night, during, uh, when word of the planned insurrection reached the ears of the pharaoh, Aram Set, and his high priest, uh, Nefaris? Nefaris? Uh, Nefaris, I'd say. Nefaris. Okay, Nefaris. Okay, if it was Nefaris, I'm just like, come on. Come on. But yeah, Nefaris, uh, they decided to kill all the slaves upon contemplation completion of the uh, uh, temple. When that time came, however, Nakatu led the revolt and killed the pharaoh. Uh, Nefera. I'd uh, say Nefera. Nefris, which just makes me think of kidneys. And Nefris. Nefris. Yeah, Nefris. Nefris uh, continued to subdue the rebel slave and to punish him for his crime, drained him of his blood and replaced it with a special preservative fluid, then wrapped the the Swarilis leader in bandages from head to toe and entombed him to entomb the still conscious but totally immobile body in a casket. I have questions about that. I know magic's I know magic exists in the Marvel universe. Why didn't you just curse him? <laughs> uh... hmm. I feel like you could have cursed him. I feel like once you take all the blood out of someone and put something else in their their veins, they're dead. Yeah. I don't I I feel like that's a thing. Um, but you know. Uh so also, they, they mummified their like the rich and the the nobles, nobility. Mm. I, I don't know, whatever. Maybe we wanted to do the casca, the cast of a month. Cas- now I can't say famous stories. The cask of uh, the cask of the Amon- Amontillado. Amontillado, yes, uh, there for it the is. For the love of God, Montresor. Yeah, I kept on wanting to say like Amadeus. I'm just like, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. Um, but yeah, so. In the last half of the 20th century, the paralyzing fluid finally wore off and Nakatu awoke. Totally insane from being trapped beneath the desert for three millennia, Nakatu dug himself free and went on a rampage that culminated in the street of Cairo. Grabbing the telephone, grabbing telephone pole to use his weapon, Nakatu was electrocuted by a dangling power line. The shock sent him into suspended animation for a few weeks. And when it wore off, his sanity finally returned. The immortal Nakatu was one has wandered uh, Egypt and Africa, searching for a reason to exist. That is depressing. That is very depressing. <laughs> uh, this does not mention a lot of his other seventies history, where he like got mixed up with supervillains. Yeah, like. He was in more than one issue. Oh, he was, That's a, he was in a bunch of There's... supernatural thrillers issue. Like, he, he fights uh, the Elementals, and uh, he was in an issue of Marvel Team-Up, where he fought, uh, where, where he teamed up with The Thing. Uh, later, he teams, he does, uh, he, he does work with the Howling Commandos. Yeah, I mean, that was after this, though. But even before this, he fought, he definitely fought a guy named Dr. Scarab. That seems very theme appropriate. Yes. 
But I'll also note that the whole being mummified alive thing is also the plot of uh, 1999's The Mummy. Oh, oh, it is? Oh, okay. Wait. Sorry, I'm looking at the comic vine thing anyway, and apparently in Frankencastle, the, his bandages are prehensile? Yes. He's like rap- he's, he's like Medusa, but with bandages. Oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, because uh, otherwise uh, okay. he only has the power of being a mummy. Which is really... So, like, mummies are really, like, kind of like the lamest version of a zombie. Yes, because they're like it. a mummy, except they're very flammable. Yeah, they're just, like, they're just very, yeah, they're just very flammable. And they're, like, that's, and they're, they're slow. Like, and if you think about it as well, um, like, not only are they slow, and they're very flammable, but, like, they can't turn you into, like, a mummy or a zombie. I, I mean, they can, but it's like a whole thing. It's not, they're not going to bite you. But I've seen one, like, I'm pretty sure in one of those mummy movies, they're being threatened with mummification, where they, like, put the hook up the nose to take the brain out. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, maybe. But it's just, like, I don't think they're, they're, like, I mean, unless you have, like, the magic, unless you also include, like, well, it has to be magical, but unless you make them basically into, like, a lich. Uh Uh-huh. Or something like that. Like, I don't think mummies are that scary, technically. No. Because they're just very, they're just very dry zombies. Yeah, I mean, really, even like even those '90s mummy movies are more silly than scary. Like it's you know, it's an adventure movie. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't. I shouldn't. I mean, I probably shouldn't be. You know, just saying. Um, hey, you're not great. You're not a great mummy. No. <laughs> I mean, this guy at least know. has it's... super strength, so he's up on most mummies. He, I mean, he does have super strength. Um, he, like, you know, he has like a weird vitality. To him because of mummification his mummification he can he can, he's he's like a little under half of a spider-man and, and super strength. Like the abilities also notes that he he no longer produces saliva that is a thing you know like so he uh yeah so there's some he has some sort of energy conferring preserved fluids uh he has uh flesh of the consistency of a mild steel he can like small caliber bullets can't even can't hurt him. He's uh you know strong, but he can't really use his strength for athletic feats because he he's a mummy, but he he's very stiff. Yeah, um, and he's also he can't he's very dry. So well, I guess the reason why they say he can't produce saliva is because it's hard to talk when your mouth is super dry. I guess if you can't, you know, and also it's very hard for him to send mail because he can't lick the stamps. Oh, they're very hard. Um, so they did. They did say this. Uh, his imitations. He's very, very vulnerable to any dehydrative substance or or process or process like heat or fire that interferes with circulation of the preservative uh, fluid in his veins. Uh, so it's it's presumed that the preservative fluid replenishes itself close to like blood, mm-hmm. apparently. I don't feel like that's a limitation. I feel like that's just a... He just has different blood. But... Okay, real quick, because I don't know if I'm just mixing up stuff. Did they... When when Quasimodo... And I know this is a big leap, but when Quasimodo um, was made, did Silver Surfer give him blood? Or am I thinking of a different, of different thing? There's... No, there's a different um, character from Tomb of Dracula who ends up with like some sort of blood transfusion from the Silver Surfer and sort of becomes like a pseudo-Silver Surfer. 
Okay, that's it. Yep, I was I was mixing that up. See, it turns out turns out you know I'm I'm only I'm only so good at uh, being uh, knowing a lot about uh, comics. I'd say I'm like I don't know, probably like four steps behind you, mm-hmm. Rob. But you also get paid. Yes, to that's true. I'm I'm, do this I'm, stuff. I'm, 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 I'm a professional uh, broken brain person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just do this. I just do this to actively lose money. Um, so, <laughs> which uh, speaking of, if you want to make me not actively lose money, you can give me a little bit of your hard earned cash to you know support me on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/AlphabetFlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, speaking of that, I think we're pretty much done. So what, uh, unless you have anything else to say, no, about I mean, the just the, you know, the living mummy is one of the artifacts of Marvel's, uh, monster explosion in the seventies. Ah, oh, you know, interesting in that concept. And, and he does turn up a bunch in modern, uh, monster mash type stories. You know, your Legion of Monsters, your Howling Commandos, uh, your Frankencastle. Yeah. Which, um, I, I really like Frankencastle. It's way better than when he was turned into an angel. Yeah, I don't think we talk about that. We shouldn't talk about it. But, but yeah, uh, what my, oh, well, yeah, so what do you have to plug? All right, so I am on the Marvel research team, and uh, uh, we, co- we have a book that is currently in stores as of uh, last month. It is the King in Black Handbook, uh, containing everything you need to know about Marvel's most scintillating symbiotes, including a massive Venom profile written by me. And I'm also on a Transformers podcast. We are uh, just about to start the second season of Transformers Rescue Bots. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, my uh, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Over Ensmith, where, uh, where coincidentally, we talk about very spooky things, such as H.P. Lovecraft stories. Um, so if you uh, would like to listen to that, uh, we both have, we both read and do goof-em-ups. Um, we both re- live read and do goof ups and also do audiobooks of, I would say, semi-professional styles um, of the ones that aren't like super racist. Um, so what was I going to say? Uh, yep. If you'd, uh, you know, if you'd want to support me, uh, want to support me monetarily, you can always go to patreon.com. If you'd like to just see the people we're talking about, you can always go to at uh, alphabet flight on Twitter and Instagram. And um, you can also just go to, Patreon, uh, not Patreon, what am I trying to say? You can also just uh, go to iTunes or your catcher of choice and, you know, rate, review, subscribe and all that junk to make sure that uh, the algorithms know that I am a person worth listening to. Um, so this has been Alphabet Flight and may Conchie protect you through all of your night travels. Good night. Good night. Good night.